there's so many things that have gone wrong. Like the first time we tried to record this, it was just like this whole thing. And we were just, no, this is all wrong. And it just felt wrong. And then the second time we had all these technical issues and then it just, we just have been having trouble. So just know that there are going to be some pretty good bloopers at the end. Okay. Some great bloopers. There's going to be some great ones. (laughs) Get ready to get your laughs on. But with that said, Hello, ghosties. Welcome back to Ghostie Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Willow. And I'm your host, Alyssa. And today we're going to talk about ego and spirituality. Before we start, we want to remind you that everyone has different views on things, and that's okay. We don't ask you to believe what we do. We just want to share what we found in our personal path with others. And for those interested in booking a session or learning more about me or Alyssa, check out our websites, www.larusamystic.com for Alyssa or arielwillow.com for me in the description below. All right. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> okay, okay, here we go. Ego and Ooh. spirituality, guys. We're, yes. we're diving right on in. Let's dive in, baby. Yes. Woo. So I'm like cracking my neck. <laughs> yeah, I'm real like ready. Yeah. Um, so basically what prompted this conversation was... Alyssa and I have watched over the last couple months, because this is a concept we had on our to-do list uh, for the podcast for a while, Mm -hmm. but there just continuously was opportunities for us to see this playing out in real time and for us to be like, yep, that's a topic we got to talk about soon, because I really think it's important for this to be talked about. It's not really mentioned a lot, and I, I understand why. But I think it's really, really important to bring up because a lot of us just kind of are like, oh, whatever. But I think there needs to be more awareness around others having these things come through for them, but also having them come through for ourselves, like having us display these behaviors. And when we have more awareness around this, we can be more aware of how it's coming through for others and for ourselves. So this Mm -hmm. is why we're bringing this shit up. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're just going to just knock this one wide open. So let's yes. start off with, <clears throat> so ego, ego and spirituality. It is, it is everywhere because ego is part of us. We can't escape ego. It is an inherent part of our human experience. There is no such thing as a perfect human being. And we have ego because this is how we perceive the world around us. This is how we interact. This is our beliefs. This is, it, it is an intrinsic part of our human experience. And you can't remove yourself from ego, but you can become aware of it and you can work with it. So long as you're willing to acknowledge when ego is rearing its head. And I think a really good way that I kind of conceptualize this in my head is that I see ego as something that is a divider. It is something that it causes you to think in division. It causes you to think that you are separate from others or separate from a community. So for example, if you have um, a situation where somebody is coming to you and they're saying, and they're saying something, we'll use a white sage as an example, which is part of a closed practice. If you use white sage and you don't know that it's from a a closed practice and somebody comes up to you or somebody approaches you online or, or whatever the situation may be. And they say to you, hey, White Sage is actually closed and it's not something that is available for you to use and should be returned to the earth or to the community. If you 
meet that with hostility, if you meet that with defiance, or if you meet that with spiritual superiority in that you know more than them, that's the ego coming to play where you are separating yourself from them and you see a division because you have decided that you know more than them and that you are unwilling you are unwilling to hear other perspectives you're unwilling to practice humility and to be open to to learning and to growing yeah and i i will say right now i was one of those people where when i was first <clears throat> taught about white sage i was like i'm sorry they don't know what they're talking about cuz i was very much in my ego when i first got started and it's something that you have to just learn to not suppress because like our ego is like Alyssa said, impossible to separate ourselves from. Like we all have ego and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing Mm -hmm. when we allow it to dictate every single way that we navigate every single situation. And we don't see the collective rather than like, we have to see the collective in addition to ourselves and not just Mm -hmm. how it's affecting us. And that can be really hard. And that's, I think, where the issue runs into of people being like, well, I was never told that that was a problem. Or the person that gifted this didn't tell me that I couldn't use it. You know, like there will always be an excuse if you're using it for a self-centered purpose when if you were looking at it as a collective thing of like, oh, how can this be damaging in the sense of the collective? That's Mm -hmm. less of an egotistical way of looking at things. And I think that this is really important because keeping yourself open to, to having a discussion is really, really critical in spirituality because there's no one can know everything. And Ariel and I don't know everything. I mean, we're happy, we're happy to be a source that is welcoming and um, you know, people find us comfortable and we love that. But we're also people and we are also flawed and we don't know everything. And so there's confidence in being, you know, true to your virtues and to your beliefs. But there's also, like I was mentioning before, there's humility and there's willingness to grow and there's willingness to listen to others and to absorb information that you were not aware of previously. And that's a really important part of growth, not just in the ego, but as spiritual people. Yeah. And it's, it's also something where I think ego can also drive our ethics, which can be really dangerous. Um, Mm -hmm. We have examples of this with like mediumship. You see this a lot in mediumship because especially now with TikTok and, and it being a lot more accessible to see people who are mediums, you will see people who either claim to be mediums or maybe are, are actual mediums who are driven by ego thinking that they're driven by spirit and Ooh, there's that's, a difference that's so dangerous oh it's, my god it, it's, Arl, the same. it's, it's so the dangerous same. i'm gonna give y'all a, 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 an example i'm not gonna give it an example i'm gonna give an example i'm gonna give you an example <laughs> okay I, i'm not i am i am not. i'm gonna okay so if you have somebody approaching you okay mm, Okay, yes. If you have somebody approaching you and they say something to you like that behavior is disrespectful or inappropriate or is cultural appropriation or cultural erasure, 
Mm-hmm. And you meet that with immediate hostility. That's mm-hmm. ego coming in. If you yeah. meet that with hostility, because how dare someone question you because you know more, how dare someone um, approach you and put you in a state of discomfort um, <clears throat> and you meet them without humility, that's ego. What gets really dangerous though, really, really dangerous is if that person still is unwilling to listen to not just one person, but swaths of people within a within a culture or a practice. And they walk away and they start saying things like, well, I know more because I'm more spiritually enlightened. That's really dangerous. You know why too? It's because if they, if they say that it's spirit, guess what? They don't have to take accountability for it. No, there's no accountability. There's no accountability. There's no responsibility that's needed, which is, you know what? A common tactic of cults because cult-like behavior is created when there is someone who is in a superior position Mm-hmm. And you are honored to know them because they're connected to a source that you only aspire to be connected to. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. have all of the answers. And what you don't know, they know. So, like, mm-hmm. there's a difference between – and it's I'm, – I'm not trying to say that Alyssa and I are exempt from this because we're not perfect. But I try my best and Alyssa tries her best to not put ourselves in a position where we convince you that we are the end all be all of information. I always want you to like, we want you to trust us, but we want you to question us as well. You can have both of those things coexist together. And that's, that's a healthy thing. You can trust Mm -hmm. someone while also having healthy skepticism and healthy questioning Mm -hmm. while also trusting someone. And that is important, but it's when you just, completely let go of the questioning aspect where it becomes cult-like because Mm -hmm. the questioning in cults is really suppressed. So when you have a community or a leader or something like that, where they're discouraging exploration outside of what is already said by the pinnacle point, that's Mm -hmm. when it gets really, really dangerous. Um, Well, that's essentially spiritual bypassing, by the way, which goes hand in hand with ego, because spiritual bypassing is essentially just hiding behind spirituality or spiritual practice. You're using spirit as a tool or almost as a mechanism to say that you know more than someone else who may not have that connection with spirit. And it's so dangerous. It's so incredibly dangerous. And that's why understanding how ego influences how we perceive the world, how we how we talk with people around us and how we communicate with spirit is so important because no one is in is impenetrable from the ego. No one is completely separate from it. We have to understand how it impacts ourselves and, and our spiritual practice. And so it, that's why this conversation is so important to have. And one that Ariel and I are just really, really passionate about is because as creators on TikTok. We see a lot of this. We see a lot Mm -hmm. of this ego coming forward and it's all ego is almost kind of used as a, um, as an insult. Like we Mm -hmm. see it kind of thrown around like, Oh, your ego, your ego. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be something, it can be used in this way where it's almost an insult in and of itself, but 
if instead we see that as an opportunity to reflect on, okay, well, why am I so angry at somebody telling me I'm doing something that is inappropriate? Why am I so unwilling to budge in my perspective? Why, why do I think I know more or know better? And that's where you're starting to work with your ego where you're like, okay, I recognize you're there. I understand that there is a sense of, there's a sense of peace that comes in thinking, you know, the answers. And sometimes you may have the answer or sometimes you don't, but it's again, being open to working with the collective. It's being open to unity and learning and growth and being humble. Like humility costs nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, and there's, there's a difference between confidence and egotism as well, mm-hmm. because I think it's really easy for people to get them mixed up. Like there's a difference between someone saying, yes, I have this ability and someone trying to convince others that they have the ability because mm-hmm. ego will try to convince others that they're right. Whereas confidence will say, I can do this, but if you don't believe in that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because like, it doesn't I, I, matter. I agree with that. I agree. I think that there's, well, you have to be, we're going to use TikTok again as an example, because this is, this is where we see so many examples of this. There's being confident in what you know, there's nothing wrong with being confident in what you know, but again, it's keeping yourself open to, to, to be willing to see how you may fall short or seeing where you may need areas of growth and that you can be both confident and humble. It, they don't have to be mutually is a door and egotism is a wall. Oh yeah. That's a good way to describe it. You because, and your metaphors. <laughs> because confidence can have a firm foundation and a firm structure, mm-hmm. but still have a way through. Yeah. Whereas exactly. egotism is just a wall. You're just going to run yeah. into it. There's no opening. There's no way to get through it. It's really frustrating because when you see someone with ego, I'll, I'll use the mediums example again, you'll see people like tuning into or claiming that a spirit comes through for them, which it can. Sometimes you can have a spirit of someone who's well-known come through for someone just unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, that does happen. It's not impossible. But just because something is coming through for you doesn't necessarily mean that it's ethically correct for you to go parading it around the internet. That goes more into ethics rather than ego, but it does kind of contribute to the ego conversation because an egotistical person will think that, oh, this is an opportunity for me to be seen Mm. instead of taking into account the ethical way of approaching that, which would be to instead write down what you're getting, document it as best as you can, and then give it to authorities who can actually help in that situation or try to make contact with those people before sharing it online. Or if you're going to share it online because you don't know how to get in contact with those people saying, I think I may have information that could be helpful in this situation. I'm not going to air it on the internet, but if anybody knows how to get in contact with them, let me know. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah. That is ethically okay because you are not putting yourself in a space where other people can pump up your ego by being like, oh my God, you got in touch with that person. You can save them. Like Mm -hmm. you might be wrong, (laughs) but it's just, it's ethics do play into ego as well. And those things kind of go hand in hand um, in a lot of ways 
too. So, well, same with spiritual narcissism. Yeah. I mean, spiritual being a spiritual narcissist. Oh, there's so many of examples. Uh, spirit being a spiritual narcissist is just having a really unhealthy relationship with your spiritual ego. It is, it is really about thinking that you have everything figured out. You're living on another, you're living in a whole other plane. You know, so much more than everybody else you understand. And everybody else just doesn't understand you. People just aren't on your level. They just don't get it. They're not high vibe. They're not positive enough. They don't get to know what you know. Spiritual narcissism is hand in hand with what we've discussed about spiritual bypassing, which is very much like that cult-like behavior and knowing more and having a superiority complex. These all these are all hand in hand. And, and do you see this web that I'm trying to describe? You're starting to see how they all kind of fit in with one another. And at the very, very center is ego. And I think one of the most important things is when you are consuming content, whether it's written whether it's in a video format or whatever, just be, just use your discernment and be ever so critical of yeah. what it is that you're taking in. And there's nothing wrong with being like, I agree with this. I resonate with this. We like It's great to be able to connect with somebody and be like, wow, yeah. I really connect with this person. I really enjoy what they're saying. But just keep yourself open to being forever a student because there is no one who knows it all. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier. We know that a lot of people come to Alyssa and I for information and that's great. And we don't get us wrong. It makes us feel great. <laughs> it's I great. mean, it's, 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 it's exactly what that, we, we want yeah, is to be, we want to be able to be a resource for people. Respectful, you know, and, and respected, mm -hmm. you know, is very important to us. Yeah. Yeah. But I also don't want anyone to ever feel like they can't explore other creators or other people or other ideas or other concepts that we might have differing opinions on. Like I mm -hmm. fully support everybody exploring different ideas and different ways of viewing things because how are you supposed to know what feels best for you and what makes more sense for you as a practitioner if you aren't looking at all of the different angles of something? And we are just a couple different angles on a multifaceted sphere. So yeah. it's really- I'd like, I, I, I'd like to add in a, a personal example of my own practice. Everybody kind of would know this by now, or if you don't, I, I'm a Hellenic polytheist. I practice Alenismos. And Alenismos has set rituals and beliefs that have been established for millennia, <laughs> like many, many centuries. And we do see it, We, you know, I see it in my own community, and I'm sure others probably will see it in their, their respective communities as well. Where if, for example, for me, I do practice um, very much similar to the ancient ways of practicing. I give similar uh, offerings as they did in ancient times. I read the hymns. I've been learning modern and ancient Greek, et cetera, et cetera. But that's all part of my spirituality. Do I look down on Hellenic polytheists within my community who don't participate in that level if you will, quote unquote, in that level of practice as me, absolutely not, because we have to start somewhere. So yeah. I don't see someone as practicing different from me as me being better than them, because I do it a certain way. And that's really important is that there's that it's a, it's a confidence thing where it's like, I'm confident in 
my practice, my individual practice. I'm confident with the information that I have, but I'm also, again, open to learning new things and learning um, other people's perspectives. But then there's the spiritual bypassing, which is where ego and personal gnosis, a kind of, I see those tied hand in hand. And so we have like, you know, there's UPG, which is unverified personal gnosis. This is an experience that is unique to you. There's verified personal gnosis, which is where multiple people have a similar experience or experience something similar to you. And then there's facts. (laughs) You know, if somebody is doing something within a culture or a belief system that is entirely against the belief system, that is not ego coming in. If you say to that person that that's inappropriate, that's not ego because you're not saying I'm better than you because I don't do that or I do this. You are trying to help teach them and how they receive that information is going to, I mean, you see it, like sometimes people are really open to hearing more and being like, okay, that's great. Can you source this? Or like, where are you Mm -hmm. getting your information from? Let's have a a respectful, mature dialogue and discourse around this topic. So I think it's personal gnosis is, is a really important part of our spiritual experience as individuals, especially with divinity, but that does not trump cultural beliefs and cultural mores that are set So if you remove yourself, yeah, yeah. If you remove yourself from being a part of a culture and you just want to fly solo, that just that's on you. But if you're in a culture, if you're in a practice that is established and has rules and rituals that must be followed, it is very much your ego in how you respond to that. Are you aggressive? Are you defensive? Are you perhaps even fearful of being wrong? And perhaps you're defensive. These are not to say that you are a bad person. It's just, again, coming back full circle to just recognizing the ego. Yeah. And I was about to say, like, there's a difference between your personal opinion about something and cultural Mm -hmm. erasure and cultural appropriation. And those are two different things. Because Mm -hmm. when you try to utilize your opinion as an excuse or a gateway to try to bypass rules mm-hmm. within held within a culture or things like that that is when that is not allowed it's just no. not allowed it's not an excuse to utilize something within that culture just because your opinion doesn't make you hold yourself to that culture exactly and it's also spiritual bypassing by hiding behind your own spirituality again it's very strange to me because spirituality my entire journey in spirituality has been to find unity has been to find community um beyond my own personal growth i mean personal growth is a huge part of my practice but also community is being able to connect to the all and to be able to see beyond just my own experiences my own rose-colored glasses if you will because everybody's got a story and, and and there's so much to learn again you're forever a student no one knows everything and it just seems so strange to me that in a community such as in a spiritual community there would be such resistance such insane yeah. narcissism and insane ego and it, extremely dangerous behaviors that would completely separate you from the collective. That seems well, so but if you, strange if you to me. stay within the collective, you're not standing out. And therefore, 
you wouldn't be seen as someone who knows something that others don't. And oh, you wouldn't be special snowflake. Ah, right. Gotcha. So it's mm. like, it's, there is this confusion of like, well, why wouldn't they want to like be like supportive of everything, right? They would want to mm-hmm. support that culture, but then they wouldn't be able to be like, well, I found out that this is okay. And people mm-hmm. are like, oh, like people who don't know any better or are just getting started or aren't aware that that's bad are going to be like, oh, they know something that other people don't. I should listen to them. And that's where it gets really dangerous and into that cult-like behavior, like we were talking about earlier. And that's when you have to really be careful because it's it really plays into sometimes even like anti-Semitic viewpoints, which can be really, really scary. Um, There's a creator that I follow on TikTok who um, commonly talks about um, a lot of spiritual concepts being a trap door to Mm -hmm. anti-Semitism rather than like a staircase. Like we think that it's going to be like this hill that we slowly descend down when in reality it's trap door where we just like fall right through. So it's, it is important to um, keep yourself in check and make sure that you are staying open. You're being the door instead of the, instead of the wall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like to the, to the door, <laughs> to the, the wall, wall. <laughs> to the window, <laughs> to the wall, to the wall. Yeah. But even, if, balls. yeah but even if you want to be a wall, at least have a window. Yeah. At least have a window you can crack because there has to be some willingness to hear people out. Even if ultimately you come to your own conclusion otherwise, like at least hear them out and have a discussion because in my opinion, it's fucking cowardly to just be like, I'm right. And you obviously don't know what you're talking about because I talk to spirit. Yeah. So it's super dangerous. It's so narcissistic. It's really scary. It's, it's scary. terrifying. It's actually like, I think it's important that we're saying that it's scary. It's not just that it's frustrating or annoying. It is, it is scary. actually scary. As someone who was previously Christian, it's terrifying because yeah. you, it's all too easy to fall into a place where you are going to one person and one person alone to give you all the answers. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot completely trust that person, because you should never, like when you are, I, I don't want to say you should never trust anyone because there has to be trust involved somewhere. There has mm-hmm. to be a level or a, a point where you can trust people. There should always be skepticism and always be discernment mm-hmm. and always use your fucking head. Like, yeah. do not lose your cool because if you lose balance, nobody's going to catch you. Like, yeah. everybody's waiting for you to fall so that they can blame you because it's that's that's where that's centered on. Like, Or on the flip side, there's going to be some real, real, real dangerous people who are going to swoop in and say, I can catch you. I have yeah. all the answers. You should trust yeah. me. And it's just like Ariel and I are a huge supporter of asking questions, being critical yeah, thinkers. Always ask questions. There's no stupid questions. Like yeah. people are always saying, like, oh, I, I feel bad asking questions. No, never feel bad asking questions. Never, ever, ever feel bad asking questions. Even if someone has answered a question a thousand times, if they are in a position where they are saying that they are an educator or portraying themselves as a teacher or an educator, 
or profiting. You, yeah. You are putting yourself in a position where you need to be okay with answering people's questions. Or you remove yourself from that position entirely and any yeah. profits that you might receive from that kind of position. Because yeah. one of the things that I find extremely frustrating, and I think it, it pl- plays into ego and spirituality especially, is there are people who situate themselves within communities that say they have all this knowledge and all these answers, and they want you to pay for their services. They want you to come to them, come to them alone. They will give you the answers. They will give you what you're looking for. They will keep you coming back. But yet in the same breath, say, Google it. And it's yeah. so strange to me. It's like, how how do you position yourself as somebody who gives guidance and advice and coaching and teaching people because you're you're teaching as you're doing these things how do you give how how do you do that and then in the same breath just wave away people who are coming to you and saying I would like a little more clarity on this or I would like to know a little bit more about this do you have something to recommend I mean again Ariel and I are just people we get a lot of questions. Sometimes we don't get to them all and we try our damn best to help as many people as we possibly can. But one of the things I'm that never going to be- tell you one of your questions is stupid. No, and if I and- do, you can tell me to kick rocks. <laughs> like seriously, that's outrageous because we have positioned ourselves in such a way that we we want to help people. That's our purpose. Yeah. We want I to want help you to others. ask questions because that's the yeah. only way you can get answers. Like it's just so bizarre to me to see again. It's this. It's this ego of standing out and being singular. Well, and because being... if you if they don't have to answer the question, then they are still in a superior situation. And there's if no you, accountability there. Mm-hmm, there. If someone asks you, how many cups of sugar are you using in your recipe? And you're like, oh, well, read the recipe. And they're <laughs> like, oh, I don't have it. And they're like, oh, well, you can either book with me or you can Google it. Oy, 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 and they're oy. like, but and it's a that... personal recipe. Bam. And you're like, well... I mean, it's, I'm not going to hold your hand through it. Either figure it out on your own or you can book with me. And Excellent metaphor. There because is, I'll tell you, you just replace the sugar and recipe with spirit and guidance, et cetera, et cetera. And you yeah. got yourself it, like or you can, on, a pl- on a platter. <laughs> yeah. Or you can say like, oh, well, I, it depends on like where you're located, whether you're, you know, like sea level or in the mountains, it's going to change a little bit how much sugar you use. So it's personal, but this is how much sugar I use, but I can walk you through the recipe in a coaching session. Yes. Ta-da! You're still giving answers while also having it to be where if they want guidance, where someone is holding their hand through that, then they can book with you. Mm -hmm. But I answer questions all the time. That I, I literally have information that people can learn through coaching sessions for free on my TikTok, but people still are going to book with me to have coaching sessions because some people like to have that one-on-one discourse with someone, or sometimes you want to have it to be personal to you. And that's when you go to a coaching session, right? But like, that's great. When you have people who belittle you by saying Google it. Ugh, That's rude. fucking rude. <laughs> it's fucking I mean, the rude. ego, the ego loves to feel superior. It loves to judge. It loves to look down on others. It loves to avoid accountability. It loves to feel better. It just it wants these things. It wants it wants to fuel that separation from you to the others. I don't know how people actually can be involved 
in a community at all and be so isolated within their own ego. It's beyond me. You're just, well, Albert Einstein, one of my, oh, one of my favorite quotes, Albert Einstein, more the knowledge, lesser the ego, lesser the knowledge, more the ego. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I want to point out too, that like, I'm not going to exempt myself from this. Like I've told people to Google things, but it's because it's genuinely going to be a better answer than I can give. <laughs> like, for example, a lot of people in my um, comments or in my live streams ask about what are commonly called angel numbers, or as I like to call mm. them, like number sequences within numerology, right? And mm-hmm. those are things that you can really easily find the meaning for by Googling. And it's mm-hmm. probably going to be better than me just guessing what it is or yeah. Googling it for myself to tell you because it's just going to take away time from other people's questions where it is something that is probably going to be easier for you to figure out on your own by Googling it yourself. So there's a difference between someone saying, oh, that's a really good question, but I actually encourage people to like Google it because it's going to be a lot better. And and then here's how to apply it. Right. And a difference between that and saying, Google it and just leaving it at that, because it is important to not try to like as teachers, if we're holding your hand the entire time you're learning to ride the oh, bike, you won't, you won't learn. You're not going to learn. And no. so there has to be this this willingness for you as a student or someone in a student position, even if it's not you, to be willing to wobble on the bike a little bit and trust that we know what we're doing when we let go of the handlebars. Because we know that you can do it, but we need to give you enough confidence to do it on your own. So if we're not leaving you in a place where you feel confident enough or encouraged enough to try, then I'm not doing my job right. That is not the way that a teacher should leave you. Like a teacher has to leave you with the confidence and encouragement to try and not a scared mindset or an unsure mindset that leaves you continuously questioning of what they said. Like for example, Uh, (laughs) I was going to jump in, but you might be going the direction I'm thinking. For example, if you have a, I was talking about this the other day on my TikTok for people who have like, um, deity IDs, like Alyssa and I do a lot of deity IDs and we try to set up a practitioner with as much information as we can give them to have them confident with reaching out to that deity themselves from the moment you listen to that session. I want you to, yeah, I want you to go from that session and be like, oh, okay, cool. They prefer for me to reach out to them through meditation. Awesome. I'm going to try that first. But they also said that divination was something that I could try too. So I'm going to try that second if meditation doesn't work. And like you have actionable steps to take and try and that you can utilize to contact that deity. And it's frustrating as a person who offers those kind of sessions to have clients that come to me and say, I did get a session with someone where they told me that this person or not this person, this person contacted me on the phone and this deity reaches is reaching out to me and wanting to work with me, but they didn't give me anything beyond that. Yeah. That, what are you going to do? Okay. And let me jump. I'm going to jump in. Okay. So the reason why I'm going to jump in is because that right there is dangerous because even though that person may not know, like perhaps they're just a different kind of teacher than Ariel and I, we like to leave people equipped. We like to leave people empowered. Some people just don't, and that's okay for them. That's, that's the way they are. 
But here's where it can get really dangerous is when that's driven by ego, it's -hmm. because they see themselves as more superior and they want you to keep coming back. And that's where it gets really dangerous. It's where you fall in the trap of having to rely on them Mm -hmm. to communicate within your own spiritual practice because they're not giving you the tools, the knowledge, and the empowerment to be the main character of your own story and to learn and grow on your own with your own spiritual team. That's so incredibly dangerous and toxic and it's terrible. And it's something that Ariel and I see a lot. Sometimes we have clients who will book coaching sessions with us and they'll be like, oh my God, I went to this reader and they told me that such and such deities reaching out, they didn't give me anything from there. But instead, when I approach them with questions on what do I do next, they say, book another session with me. Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> no, that is yeah. so garbage. garbage. Which, I mean, if you're, if you're charging like $30 a session, I, I can kind of understand that. But like, if you're booking with someone for hundreds of dollars, you need to have results that you can utilize beyond that. Yes. My ideally, like, listen, as a business owner, I want you to come back, right? But as a teacher, I want to enable you and like give you the confidence to not have to come back. Yeah, it's your there's choice. a difference. Yeah, there's a there's choice. There's a difference it's not between a needing to and wanting to. A hundred percent. And I would agree with you too, Ariel. Where you were, where um, your your point just before that is again. I'm speaking from, you know, the way that Ariel and I have our businesses set up. If you go to a Etsy and you type in DDID and you see a DDID for ten bucks, and you get a name, I mean. That's not a bad thing. Are you? Like, it's not that it's a bad yeah, thing. It's that you shouldn't. You, you shouldn't be surprised. Expect, yeah, you, you can't know. expect a whole lot from a session like that. Yeah. And it's it's not to say that people can't give amazing sessions at lower price points. It's no, not that's to not say that at saying. all. But it's saying. to say that like there is a certain level of expectation that you should have with price points. Where if I was getting a DDID at like thirty dollars or less. If they pulled like one card and were like, this deity is coming through for you, I'd be like, awesome. That was all I was expecting because I wasn't expecting like actionable steps. I wasn't expecting anything beyond that because that, that person is charging for the time they're utilizing. And that time might be like 15 minutes and 15 minutes isn't enough time to really, really get in touch with a deity and be able to have close. Yeah. And be able to have like a lot of actionable steps that you can take. Like Ariel um, and I essentially, might, but like, I, I can't, how my, do you do my that? My spirit team sessions are like hours long. Sometimes Dude, the DDIDs, the, like Ariel and I interview the D like we interview them. Like we talk to them. It, that doesn't take 15 minutes. So, you know, I think it comes kind of full circle around to, um, to kind of knowing to some degree, like who, who you're paying for your services for and what your expectations are and what they're offering and the boundaries within what they're offering. You know, like this is all just kind of normal transactional stuff, but what we're trying to get at here is the issue that we see where there are people who are charging incredible amounts or, or much larger amounts and they're giving you peanuts and little breadcrumbs for you to have to follow back to their hands. And it's just very, that's, that's a huge issue for us. And we understand why some people might do that from a business point of view, but that is, in my opinion, very ego driven in a lot of ways. And it can be very dangerous to have to 
continuously just hold this carrot, you know, at the end of a stick over somebody's face where you're clearly taking advantage of the fact that they're seeking guidance and Mm -hmm. they may not know where to go. And you're just saying, I have all the answers. Just follow me. Okay. Keep purchase here. Just swipe your credit card. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Like this, it's super, super dangerous. So just, again, it comes back to discernment and knowing what to look for when you're, when you're booking with people where you are looking for guidance in your spirituality or you're looking for coaching or whatever it is you're looking for. These, these are all important conversations to have because they're very real and they exist and people experience this and we see it ourselves too. And this is something that is part of the journey of community. You know, when you branch out from, from yourself, like I was a solar practitioner for so fucking long. And then I reached a point where I could only do so much on my own. And I really needed to reach out to broader communities and talk with people and share ideas and also share my knowledge. And in that I grew so, so much more. And in that you will be looking to others for guidance. I look to others for guidance too. I mean, I'm not there's sometimes where I get stuck and I'm like, Oh my God, I need somebody to give me some guidance, but I'm always utilizing my discernment. I'm always encouraging myself to ask questions and I'm always understanding that this is part of an answer, you know, like what else am I getting beyond this um, for myself? And that's really important to remember too. Yeah. Well, and from like sessions like that, it creates a, unreasonable expectation for other practitioners both ways if you have someone who is not producing work that matches what they're charging for it or if Mm -hmm. you have people who are charging you for things and giving you outlandish results it it causes issues both ways because if Every person that comes to someone has a past life as Cleopatra. (laughs) Red flag. flag. Because like, yeah, there is going to be someone maybe who has a past life as someone important, but not everybody is going to have a past life or as we now understand like alternate dimension life where Mm -hmm. they are a very important person. And that doesn't mean that you're any less valuable. No, It just means that it's not in your purpose right now to have something like that happen. And there's just as much value as having a past life as, you know, Cleopatra or a king or whatever, who's well known as being a peasant or being someone who is, you know, a, a, writer in France in the 1800s, like a humble farmer. Yeah. Like there's so much to learn still from the mundane things that people overlook because it's not exciting. And that's where we fall into the trap of like, we want our ego fed. And this is where it comes into like, not the ego of the practitioner too, but the ego of the client of like there, you need to keep yourself in check too of like, If you are not getting um, the results of feeling not just empowered, because empowered and and encouraged is good, but boosted, like fanned at, if you are not feeling like you're the most important person on the planet after a session, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. (laughs) It's not a bad thing because a session, if it's like a reading, for example, like a card reading to get more clarity it might not leave you feeling like you're the most important person on the planet, but it will give you actionable steps 
to figure out how to find clarity mm-hmm. and to move forward. And that's sometimes way more important than feeling like the most important per- person on the planet. Um, it can be so dangerous to base, a, yeah. you know, your offerings as a spiritual person and as the receiver of spiritual guidance and advice where everything has to be fantastical for it to yeah. matter. And that is so incredibly, that's ego. That is ego. That Mm -hmm. is where you need to feel better than or more superior than or special snowflake than someone else. And I mean, it's no secret that I have shared my opinions on this when it comes to past lives. It's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine because past lives, there's so much to learn from, again, the mundane, like Ariel was saying. There's so much to learn from past lives. God, you don't have to be JFK. It doesn't have to be. It really doesn't. And And the question you should ask yourself is, why is that what you would need? Mm-hmm. What, what? Why do you feel you need Why do that? you need to be a queen or a king or uh, an important, well-known person in society for you to have that matter or yeah. make a difference in your life or have you see life from a different perspective? Like, and this, this is a very privileged way to look at it. And I understand this, but I am going to say it anyway. It would be nice to have like someone have like tune into me and be like, oh my God, you were a queen in a past life. I'd be like, oh, Yes. Like I had all the money and all the ability, right? But like if someone were to like say that I was a pauper, like a lowly pauper in a past life who lived my life like that, honestly, that's pretty pretty fucking cool. Like oh my God, I have so I was, many past lives where I, I was, was a nobody. To, like survive that though. <laughs> yeah. It's and amazing. that's cool because yeah. that strength from surviving that can come through in my life now. Hundred percent of being able to still find a way through shitty experiences. Totally. And so, if I'm someone who's so privileged in a past life to never know strife and to never know problems and to never have to face problems like that, yeah, it can give me something to aspire to in this lifetime. Which there's nothing wrong with that. But I can also find just as much information and inspiration from something that is a lot more simple and mundane than that. I'm going to extend off of this because Ariel, this is a great point that you are making. And I totally interrupted you. <laughs> so okay. I was like, wait, because okay, I know we were talking about past lives and I was like, oh, wait, this is so true, but it also had me thinking about deity work. And mm-hmm. it, the reason why I was like, Oh, I have to jump in um, <laughs> and totally interrupt my best fern is because I we're deity practitioners, you know, we work with deities and, and yes. that's fine. And also I venerate and so does Ariel, you know, where we, where we worship deities, but don't yeah. necessarily work with them. I and promise that is, if you work with Lucifer, you're not cooler than other people. You're not, you're not. And you should never you're think not. of yourself as such. Because it doesn't make you edgy. No, it doesn't no. make you cool. No, like it's, it's neat. Don't get me wrong. Like he's a great deity, but it doesn't make you edgy. Oh, it doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make you like superior. It's but, just, but here's it's it's the ego where again in especially with deity work where we see people collecting deities like Pokemon cards we see people wanting to to portray themselves as the one and only what's the word I'm looking God's for voice. it's not just God spousing but it's like it's like they're the one and only knower of anything related to that entity oh or okay. do you know what I'm saying like it, you have to be mindful when you're starting to 
a branch out from guidance and things and you're starting to work with divinity that these are divine beings and you should be honored you should be honored that these deathless gods are coming forward to assist you in life or they listen to your petitions they listen to your prayers and they answer them and that's amazing and it's fucking it's a great feeling but you are no better than the person next to you if they work with one deity and you work with 10 or if you are an oracle of six deities and they are not an oracle of any or whatever the situation may be i'm throwing out some examples that we commonly see within the community and i encourage people to share their knowledge all the time i love oh my god i could talk about artemis until i'm blue in the fucking face (laughs) everybody knows that i'll talk about her all day long but i never position myself as better than anybody else because yeah. she's a patron of mine. I will never position myself as better than anybody else because I may know a lot about her. I want to share and unite people in the knowledge of her because that's what gives me purpose. But there is this dangerous, dangerous, dangerous line that people walk when they interact with divinity where they tend to forget the humanity aspect. Yeah. They tend to yeah. forget that they themselves are human and they start to feel... I would almost say they're, they start to see themselves in a divine light even. And um, that's dangerous in my opinion. Yeah. Well, because if, if you feel like um, you are more important than others, or if you're more almost like as divinity, then you can justify a, a God leaving a goddess for you. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. why, like, <gasps> it's, that's not, the, that's not the purpose of deity work. <sighs> The purpose of deity work, here's the thing that bothers me too, is that, and this goes, this goes in new age spirituality, 100%. New age spirituality will tell you like, we have to raise our vibration to be within the like 5D mindset. And I'm just like, why Becky? And she's like, because (laughs) that's where our consciousness is moving to. And I'm like, but why are Mm -hmm. we here then? being human and not am just human. staying as a spiritual being yeah yeah riddle me that because why are we here being human this is this is the question you have to ask yourself if you are convinced that you have to be as spiritually connected or as spiritually attuned or as spiritually advanced here that you are barely human why are you even fucking here this is not encouraging anybody to off themselves, by the way. Oh don't my God, no. Yeah. I just wanted to make no. sure that clear. Like, don't do that. But no, what I'm no. saying is that there are people who will use the excuse that we're here to be a spiritual being on earth as a way to further a mindset that is damaging mm-hmm. rather than looking at the practicality of it and saying that we're here to have a human experience and be human because you cannot be human anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so there is a reason why you incarnate as a human. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. if you didn't want to learn human lessons and have a human existence, 
you would stay in your spiritual form. So there is a reason why we are not meant to have the complete and utter ability to just communicate with spirit clearly and perfectly every single time, because there will always be it through the, the human lens because we are fucking human. And that is what we, we are, are supposed human. to be. This is yes. why it's ex- important to feel your emotions because a yep. spiritual being doesn't need emotion to function. A human does. And there's Mm -hmm. a reason why we're here to experience it. If you're angry, be angry. If you're sad, be sad. If you're happy, be happy. But don't try to make yourself feel anything other than what you're feeling because you're not a spiritual being robot, okay? You have human emotions. You are human. And there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. simple Mm -hmm. as that. Someone who tries to tell you that you need to be a 5d mindset or whatever the fuck they want to say like that is literally using toxic positivity as a reason to make people feel like shit and it bothers the fuck out of me because it's also physically repulsive because a lot of these terms a lot of these terms are rooted in racism yeah and 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 classism and sexism it's so fucking toxic and like these it's it's new age spirituality is particularly excellent at preying upon people who are seeking answers by giving them these kinds of rhetoric this kind of rhetoric this high vibe this five this this actually can go into manifestation as well because mm-hmm. this happens a lot with manifestation um and i the reason why i want to point this out is because i did do some videos recently on manifestation and there's there is importance in being able to view yourself in a successful mindset, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of power in that, but there are a lot of people who get scared about like, Oh, I'm thinking negative thoughts. I'm going to outdo my manifestations because I'm thinking negatively. No, the, it's not about thinking positive and staying within that positive mindset. It's about giving yourself actionable, believable goals that you can obtain And moving towards them. That is what manifestation is. Manifestation is not pulling something out of thin air. It is giving yourself actionable steps and believable steps so that you can actually reach your goals. And when people portray it as something where you just can think yourself there, that is a very privileged way to think. Because when you put yourself in a place where if you can think it, you can have it. It's because you're white and rich, okay? (laughs) Let's just be honest. And a man. Yeah, like it's, there are people who can do that and that's great. It's not that I'm like angry at people who can manifest that way, but not everybody can. And by saying that everybody can think their way to abundance, it's just, it's just not possible. It's ridiculous. when I did the manifestation videos, I did have a couple people come to me and be like, hey, isn't this toxic, like new agey stuff? It can be seen that way, but it's also important to remember that just making a money candle is not going to bring money into your life. But mm-hmm. a money candle can assist you in that by putting you in a mindset of already allowing yourself to believe that abundance as possible. So therefore you're taking an actionable step towards it by making Mm -hmm. the candle. And then you can therefore have confidence of like applying for a job or going out and trying to like see where you can put abundance 
uh, you know, avenues in your life. It's, it's literally just giving you the confidence, like the ability to believe enough that you can obtain that to do the actionable steps that you need to in order to obtain that. Mm-hmm. That's literally all it is. Like, for example, if you want someone to like you, right? It's kind of like, um, it's the placebo effect in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like magic is in a lot of ways, placebo effects. It's not that magic cannot be effective. Like spell work is effective, but there is an aspect of it that is very placebo effect. If you do a spell working for love and you meet someone on the street and you click with them and you just did a love working, are you more likely to talk to them further or ignore them like you would before because you didn't have the confidence? Or do you have the confidence because you did that spell working and therefore it gave you the confidence to think, oh, Oh. this, it's working, right? Like, it is all ma'am it, we need to have a whole episode on manifestation like literally I think we, we need to <laughs> we because do. this it, it but ultimately like bringing it back home like there is a ego that plays into manifestation and that's why i wanted yeah. to mention it and it can contribute to a lot of toxic views around that as well 100% i agree so i mean with all this being said I mean, we've we've discussed some red flags. We've discussed some behaviors that are worth keeping an eye out for. We've discussed some, perhaps some ego motivators that may drive certain people to behave a specific way in a spiritual community, both from a consumer and as um, from a profit point of view. So if anything, I hope that this has given some insight that can that can better protect you and also empower you to really reflect on how your own ego um, comes into play in your life because it it's there. It's intrinsically mm-hmm. part of us all. And there, and I want to make this clear, there is nothing wrong with acknowledging your ego and working alongside of it and saying, I recognize that this is my ego coming to play what do I need to do to remedy this or what do I need to do to grow from this, etc. There's nothing wrong with that. I feel that the biggest issue is when ego runs rampant and is almost invisible because it has taken such a foothold over how that person behaves and how they view themselves in the world and how the world may even view them. And that's really why this is such an important topic, especially in spirituality, where, again, it's such an emotionally charged area. It's so personal. It's so deep. It's so deep to who we are and how we live in this world. So I I hope that this was somewhat helpful or even better, largely helpful, and that you feel more equipped to look at yourself and look at others in a little bit more of a critical lens when it comes to the ego. Yeah. And there should always be a willingness to uh, look outside of yourself, be the, be the window or be the door, but don't be a wall. Okay? <laughs> don't be a wall. And, you know, or be a ghosty, just completely see through. I'll be a ghosty. You can be a ghosty where a they're, ghosty. they're super like flexible and they can fit anywhere. Speaking um, of ghosty, I'm going to do a plug. 
So obviously this is a ghost tea podcast. So we're happy that you're here and you're listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends. If you have other folks who would find this amazing podcast to be interesting. Um, And if these uh, podcast episodes would be interesting for other people, we also have a newsletter. We do. And I think it's our first time talking about it. Yeah, I think it is. It, we have like coupons in there and we also yeah. have articles about different witchy topics. Like we did one on color magic and wards mm-hmm. and um, moon magic, like working mm-hmm. with the moon phases. We did one on like Hellenic uh, polytheism. We did one yeah. on Norse, myth- Norse paganism. Like we do them Alyssa. on deities. Yeah. Like we, we have a lot of different articles that we write. They're just, it's a little short newsletter. It's not huge. Um, um, but it's sent out weekly on Fridays. So make sure that you sign up on Alyssa's or my website before Friday evening to receive it. It's called yeah. Mystic Willow, by the way. Yeah. Isn't our- that cute? Yeah, because uh, LaRusso Mystic and Ario Willow. So it's like <laughs> two. Di- it's cute. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> it's cute. So we have a lot of really cool announcements that will be coming up. And a lot of our announcements are announced there pretty much yes. first because it tends to be where we remember to put it first yeah it's it's in the newsletter and also in our discord server Mm -hmm. as well and i mean we put all kinds of announcements in their shop updates uh, my crystal live stream stuff yeah um you know if we have new services if ariel or i release a new service or if there's if Ariel also includes the astrology in the newsletter. Oh, yeah, it's so I do. Cool. I, yeah, it's so I talk cool. about the stars. I totally forgot. Like, <laughs> I talk about the stars, like the weekly astrology in yeah. the newsletter. Because I want to there's you- monthly monthly yes. crystal yeah and, and we also oil. have like seasonal associations we're getting into spooky season mm-hmm. so we have a lot else. of fun stuff coming up so there's like monthly associations there's also associations we have with the seasons and mm-hmm. things like that so really really cool stuff we also have a little bit about Alyssa and I and yeah. also other readers and other businesses that we want to support mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, give exposure to are in there as well and if you're looking for a community the discord is a great place to check out oh, discord amazing. is free so there isn't any cost to sign up but it's a great place for you to find community it's not going to be for everyone you know discord can be really overwhelming for some people and it is a pretty diverse discord with a lot of different channels so sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming but it is a really really great community if you're looking for other practitioners who practice a bunch of different kinds of practices work with different types of deities people who are experienced or inexperienced or in between you know different parts of the world there we have over 500 members now um, which really gives us a really big scope of different practices and different beliefs and it's really cool because we can have really awesome some discussions in there that are super respectful. Everybody's very sweet and nice. Um, Dude, and it my is, heart just fluttered. It makes it's such so, a sense of, I'm so happy it, and proud. It makes me so happy because Ugh. it's a community that I've been looking for personally for years. Mm-hmm. And it's genuinely such an honor to be someone who created a community that gives people a place to grow and create friendships and learn new things while not being bullied. It is not a place where 
like bullying is tolerated or racism or anything like that. And it's really something that Alyssa and I are both really proud of. So if you're looking for a place to hang out with a bunch of different people (laughs) and get to know other people's opinions, like that's a really great place to be. And And if you check it out and you hate it, you can leave. It's okay. We're not going to be mad. (laughs) I mean, Ariel and I get up to all kinds of really awesome stuff and we love to be able to include your, um, you know, your feedback as well. Ariel and I post quite a bit on Instagram stories and, and we also ask for feedback, you know, in the discord there's, we're, we just get up to all kinds of fun, little ghosty stuff. And we just want to make sure that you're plugged in and tuned in if you want to be. Yeah. And don't be afraid to like ask us questions either. Um, you can ask it through the, I, I don't know if we still have the question um, submission button on the Anchor website, but if you're not on Anchor, like if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or on Spotify or something else, um, you can go to our websites and email us, or you can email us at mysticwillownewsletter at gmail.com and send mm-hmm. your questions there. Or you can message us through the Ghost Tea Podcast questions channel on the Discord as well. So there's yeah. a lot of different places you can answer uh, ask questions. Um, eventually we'll be re- like including those questions either in episodes or doing a Q&A episode at the end of the year. So don't be afraid to ask questions even if we don't get it to it right away, but at the very least I want you to all have a place to contact us and get in touch if there are questions that you have because no question is a stupid question. And we do keep the questions, by the way. We, we have do. Them. We have a whole list of them. We have every a whole single list. one that you've all sent in. We have a whole yep. list of them. We do, mm-hmm. and they all matter. Each one does. Every single one, and we every have your ghosty. little names too. Yeah. <laughs> we have your little names. Every single ghosty, we love you. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, with that said, um, Alyssa and I are going to go sleepies because it's 12 a.m. for me and probably like 3 a.m. for her. Yeah. <laughs> and she has to work tomorrow. Gross. <laughs> but, Capitalism. Yeah. But we love you all. We're thankful for you taking the time to listen to us blabber on and on about random topics. We appreciate the support so much. We're Very so much. happy that all of you have enjoyed this podcast so far. And yeah, we're looking forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Until next time. Stay curious, stay safe, and keep learning. Bye. Bye. You know what time it is? It's time for bloopers. And I want to give a little bit of context around these bloopers. So after the initial episode that we recorded that night, I was looking at Alyssa's natal chart and talking about some astrology. And I was having to use my headphones, my Apple headphones to do the episode this time because I couldn't get my mic to work. And so I had them connected to my phone via a cord, of course. So I got so excited about astrology that I leapt up from my desk and it unplugged the cord from my phone, which then stopped my ability to record. And even after I plugged it back in to my phone, it still wouldn't record. So Alyssa was left alone. So enjoy. The sixth house has to do with, um, let me, 
Let me grab my book. robotic and then quiet hello 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 <laughs> i don't know what you did but it was so funny so uh <laughs> just actually start over <laughs> start over and i'm just gonna do you want to do that do you want to just like completely start the whole thing <laughs> do you want to just completely start the whole one of us or both of us is crying at some point from laughing <laughs> it doesn't happen oh. there's no such thing as normal oh up in here okay oh lord okay <clears throat> hello ghosties welcome back to ghost tea podcast i'm your host sorry i'm your host Those interesting. 